Welcome to the Financial Planners South Africa podcast, a show dedicated to driving the positive evolution of financial advice, specifically in South Africa. To join a global community of financial advisors, sharing and learning with one another to drive the positive evolution of financial advice, head to xyadvisor.com. Portfolio Metrics is thrilled to bring you this podcast in support of our common passion, people and the evolution of wealth management. Our global business links precision investment management to expert financial advice through partnerships and technology. Portfolio Metrics is an authorized financial services provider. AssetMap is a proud sponsor of this podcast. Are you looking for the next big thing in advisor technology? AssetMap is used by thousands of financial advisors to help create more meaningful conversations with clients. See for yourself how AssetMap is leading the next phase of financial advice delivery. Learn more at asset-map.com forward slash Louis for special listeners discount. This episode is proudly brought to you by Alan Gray. They say it's important to live for today. Although that might be true, we can't forget to plan for tomorrow. There's a lot of it left, after all. Alan Gray is an authorized financial services provider. Visit www.alangray.co.za to learn how we build long-term wealth for clients. Welcome to another episode of Financial Planners South Africa. Today, I'm honored to have as my guest, Mr. Sydney Devine. Sydney is based in Atlanta, Georgia, and is not only a certified financial planner, a registered life planner, and a string of other designations. Sydney, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me, Louie. Happy to be here. Sydney, we had a wonderful conversation kind of preparing for this and, and your journey is so fascinating. Can you share with us a little bit, you know, how did you end up in the US and how did you end up in financial planning? Yeah, so I've been thinking about that a lot lately. So um, I ended up in the US. Uh, I'm a Liberian citizen still um, and ended up in the US because Liberia uh, had been torn with a lot of civil unrest. And our parents felt like, hey, um, let's go to the United States, at least until things kind of settle down. Um, and we ended up moving to Virginia um, originally and then moved back to Liberia. And then there was more civil unrest. And that's how I got to Georgia. Um, it's funny, as I look back on how I got into financial planning or financial services, because my dad was actually a banker in Liberia. And it, it's um, an interesting story, but I used to, as a kid, work in his bank in the summer. I guess the equivalent of summer school would be out. Um, and I was the kid who would literally deliver messages and memos like between the tellers and like the, the folks in offices. And each time I would require payment for delivering these messages. So that was my fee for service. And all these years later, I am a fee-only financial planner. And I like to think that it had something to do with that, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> well, what a wonderful way to start off. Um, I'm curious, the sacrifices that your parents have made, you know, that impact, that must have been a massive impact on you. And so as you're dealing with clients, with children, like, does that often come up, you know, the sacrifices that we make for the future generations? Yeah, definitely. So I, I think the way that I've always approached financial planning. So uh, a week after I graduated from college, 
my dad was diagnosed with ALS, right? Um, he was given six months to live. Uh, thankfully, he, he lasted a whole lot longer. We lost him last August. And one of the, the things that was somewhat disheartening to me is that I, I had all these skills or I was acquiring these skills to be in a position to help my parents with their financial planning. But I was almost too late, right? It's like, hey, I was just a week removed from college, hadn't even gotten my licenses. So my approach to financial planning kind of stems from that. It's like everybody that I sit across from, it's an opportunity. Even if they don't become a client, it's an opportunity for me to leave them better off than what I found them. And I looked at it as if it was an older couple, oh, I get to do financial planning for my parents. If it was a younger couple, oh... I get to do financial planning for like my siblings, right? So I, I, I kind of, you know, I joke with my clients because I feel like they're not clients, they're family. Um, I've got kids of clients who refer to me as Uncle Sydney. I've got a lot of nieces and nephews, like, you know, from my immediate family and my extended family, like my client family. So I think it's, it's been my approach to plan for folks as if they were my family because I didn't get an opportunity to plan for my dad. Um, so that's how I look at it. And now with me having a 20 month old as of Monday, um, I, I definitely understand uh, the dynamic of kids and how they impact your financial life, right? Like there's a whole lot of behavioral stuff out there that says um, if you are you know, faced with a financial decision and just by looking at a picture of your kid, you're more likely to make the right financial decision, right? And it's almost like seeing yourself in future years. So I think it just gives me more to relate to a young couple with a kid now because it's like, oh yeah, I've got a 20 month old. Um, and you know, like there's, there, there are more stories that we could share back and forth about, you know, how they're growing and, and all that other fun stuff. Same thing with grandparents. So yeah. Yeah, as life unfolds, you seem to have different connection points with your clients. Yep. And, you know, I've got a 15 month at home, so I, I can really resonate and relate with what you're saying that, you know, your focus changes yep. and your conversations with your clients change. How was that different when you just started out, when you didn't have any experience? You know, what did your conversations look like with your clients in the early days, kind of just post studies? Oh, man. In the early days, my value proposition was you won't find anyone who works harder than me. Right. And I would literally tell clients, I am in the office at 530. And most nights I'm here until like 830. You will always hear from me. Like, I don't know who you're working with now, but uh, down markets, up markets, I'm here. Right. I may not know a lot now. But you will never find someone who works harder than me. And some clients love that. And I guess they saw the potential. They took a chance. Uh, and as I continue to, I guess, add these letters after my name, I, I told them, it's like, hey, you took a chance on me when I had no letters after my name. And, you know, it's more of me getting better for you, right? You took a chance on me. All I had to offer you was hard work. And now I bring a little bit more to the table, I'd like to think. Um, than just hard work, right? Um, so in the earlier stages, it was, I will be here like six, seven days a week if you need me to. Um, I will, you know, I will answer all your calls. Uh, if I don't know the answer, I will find the answer. Um, and for the older uh, clients that I got, it was, hey, you know, you, you have this guy who's your age who's working with you. 
at some point, you're going to retire. At some point, he's going to retire. And you'll probably get sent to some junior who knows less than what I know right now. Uh, but at least with me, you know, I promise I won't retire around the same time that you're retiring. And clients got a kick out of that because it's true. You know, I was a young professional. I'm still a young professional. I was a younger professional um, 11 years ago than what I am now. So they saw the, you know, the fire and I, I delivered on that promise. There wasn't anyone who outworked me. So, and I think that's how I survived most of those early years. Sydney, you seem to really hone in on, you know, that, that piece that's close to someone's heart. You know, saying, I'll be here for you, I'll support you, I'll communicate with you. How did you cultivate that skill? Um, so it's funny because I didn't even realize that it was a skill until after, right? It's almost like I you know, found the pot of gold and didn't even know that I had it. Because now when I'm having conversations with clients, um, they'll say things like, you know, you, you give me so much peace of mind, right? Like, I would have been so worried in this particular moment, but I'm not because of all the conversations that we have, because I know that I'm in good hands. And ultimately, you know, again, didn't know then that it was a skill, value prop, I'm not going to be outworked. Uh, but now, you know, yes, we deliver financial planning for people, but the life element of it is what people truly want, right? Like I've had clients who have said, you know, um, who, who've sent like a ton of referrals our way. And I'm like, what are you telling these people? Like, we've got like five or six from you. And she's like, I, I tell them the truth, right? I tell them there's not a day that goes by where I don't thank God for you, right? And as one of my favorite mentors likes to say, you know, we get paid extremely well for what we do. And by the way, the money's not bad either. So how did I get paid? The fact that I have a client who thanks God for me every day, right? And by the way, like, you know, we're a for-profit company, she pays fees, right? You know, I was a kid asking bank tellers to give me money for delivering messages back in Liberia when I don't even think they have fee fee for service. So I think I might have been the first fee for service planner in Liberia. We'll 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 fact check that later. Um, but yeah, so you know, we get paid extremely well for what we do. We get paid in terms of how we get our clients that peace of mind, how we get them to their goals a whole lot sooner than what they would have otherwise. And Ultimately, you know, I've got another client who says, I have never met someone just as excited, probably slightly more excited about my goals than me, other than you, right? Um, so that's it. Like we, we tell them, you're hiring us to get you to that finish line a whole lot sooner than what you would on your own, whatever that finish line looks like. For some people, it's, hey, I want to make sure my daughter never has to deal with student loans like we had to. Or... I want to see if I have a chance at actually retiring in 10 years. Oh my goodness, I'm actually doing it four years sooner. Who would have thought? And um, and I got this from a client who recently retired. He's like, you, you mean to tell me I am, I made about the same amount of money retired as I did working? Like, why didn't I do this sooner? I was like, you know, I tried to tell you, you could do it sooner, but you had to do it when you were ready. So, um, you know, I, I think that I care about people and I, I don't know that that's a skill set. I think that's just me. That's true to my core. That's kind of how my parents raised me. Uh, my dad ran businesses and he, he loved his customers and clients. And, um, I got to see that. And I think I got an MBA from my dad because he's like, you know, it's really the people, the people matter. And ultimately that's how I've live my life and that's how I've run my practices. And I think that if you take care of the clients, right, 
they take care of you. And um, that's they're they're a huge reason behind. Yeah, they're the primary reason behind the successes that we've experienced. Right. Because we took care of them. Um, we delivered on our promises and, you know, they've delivered introductions and um, we're, we grow by, you know, 40, 50 percent just about every year, which is insane. I know it won't continue, but, you know, I, I, I can wish that it continues. But most of our new clients know our existing clients. And that's a beautiful problem to have because it's, you know, everyone knows everybody. Right. Yeah. And I'm going to over answer questions that that's just me. But <laughs> hopefully this is fun. Oh, it's brilliant. It's wonderful to hear your story and how you think about this. Rick Kalis says on his website, we care more about you and your wealth than anyone that doesn't share your surname. And so that uh, I chuckled at that and I kind of it really feels similar at Divine Wealth Strategies. And this concept of kind of painting a picture of someone's goal, but then helping them reach it in a shorter amount of time than if they did it on their own. Where did that come about? Um, so I, I think it's more of like coaching, right? Like, um, so I, I played sports growing up uh, and I feel as though one of the best moments in my sports career came from me working out with a coach. So, I, yeah, I was the kid who um, the year that we won state, I was barely playing. I'm like, uh, how do I get floor time? And again, I've always been a worker, right? Because I've always had to work for stuff. And I, I you, you appreciate it more when you work for it as opposed to when it's handed to you, I, I think. Um, but then again, I, I haven't had anything handed to me. So, yeah, free to listen to those arguments. Um, but yeah, like I remember a summer where I'm like, you know what? I have to get on the floor. And I worked out with um, the uh, assistant coach at my high school like that whole summer. Like, I mean, we were in the gym the whole summer. And if he wasn't in the gym, I was in the gym working on the things that he told me to work on. And my junior year, I was not only starting, I was one of the best players on our team. And, you know, like I started getting college recruiting letters and it's like, okay, you can go further with the help of someone than by yourself. So that that's just, you know, I think that's the reality of it, especially if there's someone who knows what they're what they're doing. Right. So same thing with financial planning. In fact, I would say the other reason that I, I think I've had some success is I picked the brain of so many people who had come before me. I'm like, hey, you know, when I when I first started, I had an office like it was a cubicle. So no office, so an office with no door. And I literally read everyone's name who had an office with the door and I sent them an email like, you know, can I pick your brain for five, 10 minutes? And the question was, you know, you've been doing this for however long you've been doing it. You have an office with the door. I want an office with the door. How do I get an office with a door? But more importantly, how did you survive? How did you manage all those years? You can learn more from people who have gone through something, right? You can learn from their mistakes um, and not make the mistakes that you would have otherwise made. I have a, an uncle, an Uncle Fred in Boston, uh, who says, you know, a smart guy can learn from his own mistakes, but a real wise guy can learn from the mistakes of others. So that's financial planning and, you know, and that's life planning. We, we can help you get to your goals a whole lot sooner because this is what we do every single day. We have probably seen a case similar to yours. Um, and if we haven't, we still have the tools and resources to get you to that finish line sooner than what you would have. And then there's the accountability piece, right? Most people who come to us, they've, they've done pretty well. They know what to do. They know like, hey, if I live below my means, save a ton of money, 
I will get there. And the truth is you will, right? However, knowing what to do and actually doing it, actually following through, that's the big difference. And I I like to tell people that, hey, we're going to show you how to accomplish everything that you want out of life financially, right? And we're going to hold you accountable to do the things that you need to do to get you to where you said you wanted to go, right? And it will be in record time because I'm really big on accountability. So that that's how we do it. It's It seems simple, yet it's not easy to implement. Yeah. Simplicity, there's beauty in simplicity, right? Um, and it's not easy to implement, but it's all about how you manage, I guess, the client's expectations. Like, look, I'm on your side. I want to, you know, I'll share the stories of this client didn't think that they would be able to retire until 2024. They did it in 2019. Um, this client didn't think that they would ever be debt free. They did it. This client didn't think that she would purchase this particular company until five years out. This client didn't think that she would actually be saving for retirement until 2024. She did it in 2018. Right. So I will share those stories because it's happened. Right. And I'll let them know, you know, you're, you're, you know, you, you'll get a reaction nat- naturally out of people like, oh my goodness, they did that. That's what I want to do. Like everybody wants, you know, that, that end result. And I'll let them know, you don't even know any of these people that I've just mentioned. And you were excited that they reached their goals. Imagine your excitement when you, right, selfishly reach your own. You, what you're feeling for them, it's like amplified because it's now your own result. And I'm going to help you like I helped up, right? There will be times where you may hate me, like, man, Sydney's following up too much. But ultimately, you will hate me on the other side of your goal than being where you are, right? And you can yell at me for getting to your goal sooner. You can yell at me for having more money than what you thought you should have had. We'll take those calls every day, like yell at us because you got to your goal sooner than what you wanted to, right? Or thought you could. Um, but ultimately, that that's how we do it. It's just accountability and we're on the same page. And it's, you know, it's, you know, what you put in is what we're, what you're going to get out. We're coming in, um, same mentor, love him. Um, it's a high standards environment, right? We're committing to this high standards environment. We're going to be the financial planners, financial life planners that you're hiring at a high level. And we're going to need you to be a high level client. We bring those together. There's no stopping us. Sydney, you've set the bar really high. And so for a lot of other planners, they just want to get, just want to be a little bit better than, you know, their competitors, but you're approaching it from like, Hey, this is, this is what we do. This is life, life changing stuff that we're busy with. It is, it is. And I, I mean, so my mom, I, I guess I get my, you know, set the bar high kind of uh, attitude from her. If you're going to do something, you're going to do it well, right? Uh, if you're going to step out of this house, you're representing us, right? Like you're representing the divine name. And that's something yeah, that I don't know, like it's like it's it's our name. And she she instilled that into us very early. So um, you can't go out and do subpar work. Right. Like if you're going to do anything, you're going to be great at it. And that's kind of something that I embody. Like, I mean, why be sucky at something? Right. Like, come on. And I don't think people are looking for like the sucky financial planners, right? Like it's just like, oh, I want somebody good. In fact, if I can get someone great, like, oh my goodness. So yeah, um, I want to be great. I want to be one of the greats. I want to be remembered for the impact that I, I made in people's lives. Um, and I'm not going to be sucky at it, right? And it doesn't matter like, you know, how far the reach goes, right? Like I could probably only work with 150, 200 clients in my lifetime, right? But 
I'm impacting their life. And if they have kids, I'm impacting their kids' lives. So it's like a multiplier effect. And I'm like, there, there are too many people who rely on us to be sucky. Like, right. And I'm saying sucky because I, I imagine this is a PG 13 uh, podcast. So sucky. You, you can use your imagination. That's what I'm thinking, but sucky. <laughs> Thank you for that, Sydney. Yeah. I mean, it sounds to me like you really spend time figuring out your life plan. And so we had George Kinder on recently, the episode that's the father, the grandfather of life planning. And yet I can see you live out your values and what excites you. Tell us a little bit about that journey of becoming a registered life planner and, and how that's changed the way you deliver financial planning. Yeah, so I'm a huge fan of George. Um, really big fan of George. Uh, so my mentor that I've mentioned, uh, it, it was really interesting. So I, you know, after kind of interviewing the people in my office and you know the ones who had doors, I said, okay, well, here's what the top guy's doing. But then I, I would get all these emails about these top financial planners within the company like nationwide. And there weren't any of the folks in our office on that list per se. So I'm like, okay, well, let's go to the next level. And I basically emailed every one of like the top 50 planners in the nation within the company that I worked for. And I got some like, yeah, you know, I actually got a response that said, Hey, you're too early in this. Like reach back out in a couple of years if you, if you're still even around. Right. And I, I actually love that response, um, for all the wrong and right reasons, I guess. But, um, one of the guys on there, uh, happened to have been a life planner. And I remember really like him standing out more than anything. And the reason that he stood out, I mean, we worked for an insurance based company. So insurance is essentially king. Like you're doing financial planning, but you know, insurance is king. And I remember him saying that it doesn't matter if someone has $3 million, if someone's about to purchase all the life insurance or whatever he could, he would recommend. He did not engage with anyone if they did not want to engage in the life planning process for a fee. So I'm like, look, Someone comes in with $3 million, simple 1%, you are turning that down? And he's like, yeah. And he says this to me, right? And I, you know, again, I feel like I struck gold without knowing it. He says, morally and ethically, I can't recommend something to anyone if I don't truly know them. The life planning process allows me to get to know them, like to truly get to know them. And I walked away from that call. I'm like, man, that's interesting. The, the funny part about it, though, is like after I, I did that, he had reached out sometime later and he's like, hey, um, I'm in an interesting place in my career. And I think he was living out his life plan um, as well. And he's like, I'm in an interesting point in my career. I will mentor you. Right. Like and these are like the this is the high standard environment. And in my head, I'm like, man, there's nothing I can really like truly learn from this guy. He turns down thirty thousand dollars. Um, and because he wants to take people through their feelings and stuff. And I'm like, I, I don't, I don't really get it. Like, I don't get it, but I'm like, but he has been successful year in and year out. Right. And he's the only one of all the people that I chatted with who had that much of a hard line in the sand. Right. And I'm like, there's probably something that I can learn from him. So I went along with it. And as we progressed, you know, journaling and kind of going back and forth, like week, week to week, um, I, I started telling him, I'm like, you know, I'm asking these questions, these three life planning questions. And I feel like, you know, like it's just 
deeper. Like it's a deeper financial planning. Like I'm getting answers that I've never heard before. And I don't know what to do with it. Right. Like I, 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 I ask the questions. I get the feedback from them and I'm like, man, that's some, that's some great stuff. Okay. Let's move on to like financial planning. Right. Like it's like, I'm like, I don't think that that's how it's supposed to work. And he's like, yeah, you're right. So he encouraged me to do the two days. And I went in like just skeptical. I'm like, this is what we're about to talk about feelings. Like, like, what is this? Like, this isn't, this isn't it. And I paid for the two day. Um, and I went and I'm like, I, I don't know if I'm going to go beyond the two day, but I'm looking for what happens after these three questions. And after the first day, I basically committed to George again, coming in like skeptical. I can, I'm like, dude, I'm going to do the five day. And that same year I did the five day. Uh, and it, so I did the two day in Massachusetts, did the five day in Hawaii. And, um, it was really incredible. And I, I think where, what I got from it, because it did change my outlook on financial planning and life more importantly, is it truly did show me what matters. Like, you know, cause for me, it was, uh, I want to attain a level of success. I'm going to work, 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 work. And I hadn't really taken a step back to figure out like, what is it that you actually want to do? Like, do you even want to have any type of fun in your life or is it all work? Right. Um, and that really helped me. So much like the whole, now I can speak from a parenting perspective when I meet with someone who is a parent, right? I felt like I could speak more to the life goals and the things that truly matter to you because I went through it, right? And again, the same mentor, man, like he, he's, um, he's popular. Um, he said that you can only take a client as far as you've gone yourself, right? And back then, you know, didn't understand what it meant, but it's true, right? So I went through the life planning process and I can take my clients through the life planning process. My clients feel energized looking at me living out my life plan, right? And they want that, right? Because everybody wants to live out their life plan. Um, so that's kind of how it started. That's how it's changed me. And um, yeah, that's kind of how I've been practicing, I guess, since 2017. That's a wonderful story. And I want to talk a little bit about when it doesn't work. You know, now you take a client through this process, they get excited and it falls off very quickly. Maybe the client doesn't get back to you. Maybe they just don't respond to emails. Maybe they kind of disengage. How do you handle that as a business and as a financial planner? I don't really think it doesn't work, right? Like, so I, I think you meet clients where they are. So, you know, there's a whole process, right? Like it's, You've got the whole evoke, right? The, the uh, exploration, vision, obstacles, knowledge, and execution. And I, I think kind of how I approach life planning now, and this is through trial and error, so to speak. Um, I think for the most part, you want to follow the process, right? Like always. However, you have to meet clients where they are, right? So I think that I don't, I don't personally think that it just doesn't work. Like I, I feel like we will always hear from our clients. I think some people are less inclined to go through all those pages of homework. But one of the things that we do is we're going to ask that question in the very first meeting. So we've gotten like the basics of, you know, this is what's important to you, right? Um, and we're still going to work. We're going to bring it out. Like even, you know, let's just say it's three months down the road where we've delivered your plan and we're having your first review. Hey, you mentioned something when we first started, like probably three meetings ago. Um, and your finances, like everything's kind of like, you know, pointing in that direction. 
I just wanted to bring it back up to see if you know you wanted to explore into it a little bit further, right? And now, because sometimes people come and they truly have like financial challenges and they're like, you know, I, I don't want to feel anything other than like me resolving my financial challenges. But once you take care of their, you know, their, their concern, it opens them up to say, oh, okay, well, yeah, you know, and it's a relationship. So I feel like the life planning, life planning doesn't end, right? It starts, but it doesn't end, right? Like, you know, we, we could say, okay, well, after the execution phase, we're done. no. Now we're helping them live out these things and it just continues. So I, I don't think we've had one where it's like, oh man, that's a bummer. It didn't work. Like, you know, it's been a continued process. It might just not happen at the pace that you expected it. Yeah. Like you're saying, you're meeting the client where they're at. What do you say to financial planners that, you know, make the comment, I don't have time to do coaching. I don't have time to do life planning. I just, my clients just want me to focus on the financial products. Yeah, so I, I was one of those, right? And I, I feel like coming from the insurance space too, you you have that debate with the insurance folks who you try to, you know, bring over to financial planning. Oh, financial planning takes too long, right? And it's just like, it takes too long, but what's the alternative, right? You're going to sell a couple products, and go on your merry way, or you could build a really deep relationship with your client, right? And implement way more than what you would have implemented otherwise. And your clients will actually see the, like, if I called a client, they would look at the phone and they'll pick up. It's like, oh, my friend Sydney's calling, right? Um, there's a client, this is actually funny. He calls and I'm like, okay, I'm going to pick up. But I, and I even told him this, I'm like, I don't really know sometimes if you're calling because there's like a work related question or you just want to talk to me about golf, right? Like, and I'm like, either way, I'm here for it. But your clients actually answer your phone call as opposed to, oh man, Sydney's trying to sell me something again. It's been like two years since I talked to this guy. And two years ago, he had this new product that he wanted to tell me about. Let's listen to this message oh, there's another new product that he wants to talk to me about, right? So I feel like the whole time thing, right? It's it's on you as the professional to make time. Like it's not your client's fault that you feel as though you don't have time. But ultimately, if you're not doing the feelings questions, if you're not finding out about someone, if you're not doing some like variation of life planning, right? You're potentially leaving your clients at a disservice, right? Because you're the professional. Like if I went to my doctor's office, my doctor isn't like, oh man, you know, we, this is a new client. We probably should do like x-rays and all the, the questions that we typically ask, but oh man, that takes too much time. So let's see what he wants and let's just give him whatever it is that he like. I'm like, hey doc, can you give me some Adderall? It's like, oh yeah, there we go. Because hey, sale, it happened. But he doesn't even know what's going on with me. So I feel like if we took that approach to we are the professionals. We truly get to make a difference in people's lives and not about time, time, time. Like it's like, you know, everyone has the same amount of time, right? Um, but we have to lead the process. And I think that will help carry the profession even further ahead because it is a profession as opposed to, hey, um, can I take your order? Like, no, it's, it's a profession. You're coming in here and this is my house. As one of my golf coaches likes to say, this is my house. This is my sanctuary. You're coming in here and I'm walking through, walking you through the process. So I, I think the time element is you're doing your clients a disservice if you truly feel that way. Sydney, you're taking this serious, which is great to hear. You know, it's like you're setting the bar high, you're saying this is the type of service I want to deliver. This is the energy that I'm bringing. 
all for the benefit of my clients. I'd love to hear that part where kind of you you moved out of the insurance space and and set up divine wealth strategies. How difficult was that transition and how did it take place? It actually wasn't that difficult. And um, so one of the first clients that I got uh, is a restaurant owner here in Atlanta for over three decades. And I remembered um, way back when I was still somewhat of a rookie, I went on a joint call to this restaurant and the senior guy you know, basically had a bunch of other stuff that he was doing. So he's like, hey, you follow up on this case. I'll put you down for like 50%, but, but basically you're doing all the work. And I'm like, okay, well, uh, I will, I'll see it through. And I remember sitting across from this guy and his mom, who was like 84 at the time, right? And he asked a question. He's like, if this were your mom in this exact same situation, would you recommend the thing that you're recommending now? And I was actually able to say, hell yeah, right? Like, yeah, like I would. Like I absolutely would. Because again, when I sit across from anyone, even before I got to financial planning or life planning, it was, I get to leave them better off than what I found them. I get to make a difference in their life because I didn't get to make a difference in the lives of my parents, right? Um, so I was like, yeah, like no brainer. Uh, and when I finally decided to leave the firm, it hadn't gotten to the point where it was harder for that answer to be that resounding yes. But I, I saw the future, so to speak, right? Um, and I'm glad that I left because as I, or after I left, I heard some things and I'm like, oh, well, this, this even confirms it. But it wasn't really hard. I feel as though when, what is it? When you, when the student is ready, the teacher appears and everything was seamless, right? I think, um, for example, I may have started talking to uh, the group that I eventually ended up doing my compliance through um, in like June, July, right? And I took my time with it. I didn't really resign until I think it was September 11th of 2018. And I had my firm up and running by September 28th, right? Which almost record time. So it's like everything worked out. And I feel as though when you make a decision and you get those like constant confirmations, in fact, I'll, I'll even take it this far back. I'm meeting with a client. It was on a weekend. And this client's uh, brother had just started working with the firm that I was going through for like my compliance, the firm that I eventually joined. I, I say firm, we, we can say XY planning network. Um, but yeah, so his brother started working there. And a while back, they were like, oh, there's a there's this like group that you should join. They're like young planners. They're helping like the XY. Like, and I'm like, why would I ever want to join that? But that was like another confirmation because it was like, I had just gotten an email from this dude's brother and I, I didn't even pay attention to it. And he's like, yeah, he just started working there. So yeah, I feel like when you're doing the right things, you're constantly confirmed that you're doing the right things, right? I mean, 2018, we, we had revenue, like literally when we started our firm, which was, uh, that was good, right? Like we can um, actually work. 2019 was our first full year. We took it easy. We brought in new clients, like people were referring. Um, 2020, we brought in even more new clients. And 2021 was the same thing. 2022 is the same thing. So it's like, it's, it's a confirmation, but it wasn't, it wasn't hard. And I think for, for folks who are considering that jump, that's the scary thing. It's like, how, how am I going to figure this out? My firm is doing all this stuff for me right now. How do I even like, what do I even know? Like where to begin? Like, who do I go to go to, to start this? Right. 
there are so many resources now. Like I think there were resources when I started. There's even more resources now in terms of starting. Like I feel like if I started and I felt like it was easy, it's easier now, right? So if that's what's scaring you, don't be afraid. And ultimately for me, it was, I want to be able to look any client in the face and say, I am recommending the right thing for you, period. Right. Like we don't have to, we don't have to start another sentence or anything. Like I'm recommending the best thing for you, period. Um, and I get to do that here. Right. And I, I went with my own firm because I felt like even though it may have been better initially at another firm, um, I personally believe that those issues, right. When you're in like the corporate hierarchy, those issues come up and you don't really get a say so. Like it's like somebody woke up one day and like his oatmeal was cold and basically decided that you know you're now your favorite color is blue as opposed to red. And now you got to communicate that with your clients and your clients are like, what is this? Like why is this changing? Right. Um, whereas now like our clients set the rules, right? Like it's like we literally do what's right for you, period. That's it. Seems simple. I like simple. Yeah, you get to craft your own vision and the own way your own way of you know, implementing advice, you spend a ton of time and energy working. And I'm wondering how much of it is being motivated versus actual discipline. Like, where do you sit on that oh, spectrum? Man, I don't believe in motivation. So I'm like all discipline. I think motivation, and I, I've actually um, told this to a couple of people, motivation fades, right? Like I could wake up in the morning and be like, man, I'm motivated to do like 100 sit-ups. And I could very well do the 100 sit-ups. And let's just say I say, okay, Wednesday, I'm going to do another 100 sit-ups. I'm less motivated. I'm not going to do the 100 sit-ups, right? But if it's discipline, it's just like, this is literally what is happening. This is what's going to happen. Um, and I feel like I'm, I've always been huge on, well, not always, but in college, I got huge on discipline. Um, so I would wake up super early. I would go work out um, even before practices then go have breakfast, go to classes, then have practice. Like it, it was just a routine. And I, I'm a creature of habit. I love structure, probably too much. Um, but I love structure. Like, I, I mean, I, I really love structure. So I think that kind of, you know, gets me, that gets me going more so than like motivation. Like I love, you know, the folks in my office will laugh at this, but I love being able to go like start a month and look a month in advance and I know what I'm doing. Like the other day, someone asked like, hey, you know, we're, we're having homecoming. I was like, oh, what's the date? Because there's like a golf tournament. Um, and they gave the date and I looked at my calendar. It's in like October. And I'm like, oh, can't do it. Yeah, like I, I love that. Like it's like because there's structure. And otherwise, you're just flying by the seat of your pants or waiting to get motivated. Right. And uh, yeah, so discipline is my thing. Motivation. It works, but it's not lasting. It's not like um, sustainable. Discipline is sustainable. I would also imagine that you're a lot more proactive than reactive in your practice because of that discipline. Definitely. So, um, I mean, we typically will start. So we're heading into May on May, you know, May 1st, I think is a weekend. So the first Monday of every month, we're setting our meetings for the next month. Right. Um, and typically clients know that we're going to be meeting every three months, but the first day of every month or first Monday of every month, we're reaching out to set that whole next month. And I like it because if we have like a new potential client, it's just like, okay, well, our, our existing clients are already taken care of. They're already on the calendar. So here's when we can meet. Um, so yeah, it's very, very proactive. Um, I don't think any client, and this is like the client, these for the clients who are, you know, they've been with us for a couple of years. 
they don't go more than two months without hearing from us, like at all. Because if we do a meeting, we have a meeting in three months, two months later, we're reaching out to schedule that meeting for the next month. Um, and then that's between emails and questions and dinners and events and things that we do for our clients to appreciate them. So we have a lot of client touches. And again, it's easy because I don't see my clients as clients. They're, they're family, right? Like they're literally family. Um, so I, I like to spend time with family. Um, and that's, that's what we do. So I don't go six months without talking to my mom. Right. And, you know, I, I talk to her prior to two months. She's not on any type of schedule. Like, oh, I got to talk to my mom in three months or anything like that. Like, that's more frequent. <laughs> she your mom yeah, she makes sacrifices for me. So she's, you know, she, she will be my favorite. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's what we do. So it is very proactive. Um, and again, that speaks to the process, right? Your clients are coming in and like, okay, well, what, what, what do we get out of this? Like, what can we expect? Are you just going to do this financial plan thing that you talked about? And then we don't talk to you until a year later when you want a financial planning fee again. No, we are going to touch base at the very least every three months. And if you need us prior to then, you can't bother us enough. Like literally reach out as often as you want. And guess what? You're not getting charged any extra. And the next year, you're not going to get charged extra. because like, oh my goodness, Louie reached out like a like hundred times in like the first three months. No, we stand by the fact that you can't bother us enough. So reach out because at the end of the day, that's what you're paying us for. Like you shouldn't have to make these decisions by yourself. In fact, we don't even want you to spend your time thinking about this particular decision. Just send us over the information. We know you intimately and we'll get you your response. Sydney, how do you manage the resources from your firm to be able to do that, to be able to handle kind of, let's say, these potential volumes? And, you know, at the same time, like, do you bring in segmentation? Because that's also something I think it's worthwhile chatting about. Yeah, so we're, we're starting to kind of look more into segmentation, but not segmentation from a perspective of, okay, well, because you are, I, mean, I don't ever want to look at it from a revenue perspective, right? Because there, there are clients who may not pay as much revenue as the highest paying client, but I like spending time with them like more, right? Or less, right? Just in case clients are listening to this, like, hey, wait a minute, you, who, who am I? Like, I'll never tell. Um, but I feel as though it's more so segmentation from the perspective of, you know, I am starting to realize that I can't work with 100% of our clients and be as effective, right? Um, for all of those clients. And I feel like that's the fiduciary responsibility. Like we have to do what's in the client's best interest. I need to be on like I am now, like always, right? And there's a point in time, there's like a certain client number. And personally, I don't feel like we've even reached that yet. But there's a but I see it coming. I see the future. Like I look into I'm paranoid about the future. But but I look into the future and I'm like, it's gonna come, right? So segmentation from the perspective of we've got someone else here who is going to be on all the time for you. And now I can be on all the time for other clients and eventually, you know, make me irrelevant in the company where it's like, I'm having dinners with you. I'm going to like graduations and stuff that, you know, you're inviting me to like Dragon Con because I have the time because I'm not in the day-to-day -day meetings anymore. I'm just here to be family. I'm here to be the face of the organization and knowing that we've segmented from the perspective of there's not one client who is meeting at a lower frequency, right? There's not one client who feels less than because they're not paying as much, right? Every client goes through this exact same process, right? 
Um, and I, I want to make sure that that process, that experience is the exact same. They get a planner who cares about their goals as much as they care or as much as I would care. Right. Um, and someone who's truly committed to being as proactive as I was. So that's that's the process. We're going to follow it. And it's segmenting because I have a 20 month old. I like rolling around with her sometimes when I'm leaving and she's up and she's crying. I'm like. You know, it'd be great not to go to work today, but you're only 20 months and you're not paying anything here. So I actually have to go. So forget your tears that you'll understand someday, you know, but I want to be able to stay. So I I feel like segmenting from that perspective where I'm not losing sight of my life plan. Right. I'm still living it out because if I'm not living it out, then I can't help their, I can't help my clients effectively live out their life plan. So again, that's that high standards. Like that's the process. We're going to stick to it, but we'll segment more so because I I can't serve 200 people like that will effectively make me less happy about what I do. Sydney, what does the future look like for Divine Wealth Strategies? Um, so my goal is to become irrelevant, right? And that's hard. You know, that's a hard, like high bar, but I want to become irrelevant. So the future, I mean, we're still growing. Um, we are about to celebrate our fourth year in September. Um, we are bringing on some interns um, in the next couple of months. We are looking to bring on another planner in the next quarter. Um, so we're growing from like a human staff capacity you know, to serve these clients even better than what I, I have over the last couple of years. But eventually, I want to be the person who's behind the scenes running the company being, you know, being the, the guy who's going out and having like the client dinners and checking in like, oh, how's Sean doing or how, how's Matt doing? Like, you know, like being that source. So still being there, like I'm not shredding off the responsibilities. I'll still be checking their work uh, and making sure that, you know, they're treating you as well as I would have treated you, right? Or better, actually, because it's a higher bar. Um, but ultimately I feel like in order for the business to grow, and this is hard for me to say, cause you know, like it's words of affirmation is my thing, but in order for the business to truly hit that next level of growth, I will have to become irrelevant and I will need to bring people on to train them to be better than me. And, you know, that's the only way that it's going to grow. And, you know, it's, I guess it's selfless, right? But ultimately I have to I have to start taking a step back and seeing the baby that I poured everything into grow up and operate outside of me. Um so that's what I envision the future to be is me becoming irrelevant in my own company. It sounds like Divine is literally your firstborn. <laughs> is uh, and and I feel the same in our business. Yep. It is. It is. Sydney, it's been wonderful to have you here today. You have a passion for what you do and you know it shines through in your conversation. I really enjoyed it and I want to send you away with all the support and wishes uh, for you to flourish. Thank you, Louis. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Um, clients think sometimes, or well, potential clients are like, do you have energy like this all the time? I was like, you'll see. Like I, I just get better and better. Like It's like, because I get excited and I, I can't, you know, I want to be excited. Like I don't want to be Oh, okay. So tell me about your goals, right? Like, no, like, like you just, you just accomplished that. Like, good for you. Like, come on, let's go. Like, yeah, like it's, you know, it has to, has to shine through. So I'm glad that you said that. Um, others have said it. So that's more confirmation and I, I'm not going to stop. Uh, I am who I am. And I, I feel like this is how I do financial planning. It's worked for so many people. 
And if other people are listening to this, it could work for you. Um, but you want to align yourself with a professional who is aligned with your goals. Your goals are the most important thing, not the dollars that you have in your bank or in any type of account. It's what you are after that's truly important. If, if someone can't get behind that, um, there are a lot of planners um, at the Kinder Institute of Life Planning who will get behind it. And, you know, I, I think there's uh, sudden money that we talked about before who I'm actually going to start looking into. Um, yeah, so there are planners who are doing it the right way. It's a, a small but growing subset. And I think eventually this is what the profession will look like. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing that day come to fruition. I can't wait for that. Yeah. And it seems like you're only getting started. Yeah, right. It's the beginning. <laughs>